let's see. We're standing about um, right here. I think sometimes we forget just how mighty. Am I on? Yeah. Just how mighty and just how awesome the God who has taken residence in us really is. Amen. Oftentimes when we pray, we don't pray God-sized prayers. We pray our-sized prayers. And sometimes we wonder why. We don't see results. I invite your attention this morning to the 8th Psalm. I'd like to read verses 1 through 7. And in a few moments, I'm going to give you some facts regarding just how mighty and how awesome God really is. And when I do, then you're going to be left with the question in your mind, what is man that God was mindful of us? The Word of the Lord reads like this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visited him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him... With glory and honor, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beast of the field. Let us bow our heads together as we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you again this morning for the privilege, the opportunity that you have given us to come together here in this place. As we come to this portion in time, of our worship this morning, the ministry of your word. I would ask that you would help me to speak as your instrument and your vessel today. Help me, Lord, to just through the anointing and direction of the Holy Spirit, allow your word to flow from these lips and from this vessel. Anoint each of us to hear and receive your word, and we'll give you the thanks and praise for it all. It's in Jesus' name that we ask it today. Amen. David begins this beautiful psalm of praise by acknowledging the excellency of God throughout the earth. No doubt from the tone and wording of this psalm, David is very much in thought and meditation as to how blessed and how marvelous it is to know God and to be one of His children. Sometimes I think it would be good for us to stop and just meditate on just how blessed and how marvelous it is that we are one of God's children. Amen. It's quite possible that David was out on his balcony, and just think about this for a moment, and this time he wasn't out there 
observing across the street at who was on the other balcony. But this particular occasion, he was looking heavenward, and he was looking into the skies, and when the stars and all the galaxies were no doubt at their finest. And as he's gazing up into the heavens at the works and magnificence of God, he can't help but entertain the question, what is man that you are mindful of him? When we pause for a moment to consider the wording of this phrase, we come to understand that when David makes reference to man, he is speaking of humanity in general. When David used the word mindful, he is saying that God recognizes us. He recognizes humanity. He remembers us. And we are always at the forefront of His thoughts. Amen. Perhaps sometimes we wonder, but the fact of the matter is, we are always at the forefront of His thoughts. David went one, David went one step farther in his question and asked, and the Son of Man, that you visit Him. David, I think, in this particular phrase, is entertaining the idea that in light of the magnitude of creation, the heavens, the earth, and all of the galaxies, he has to wonder, what are we that this God of such magnificence, this God that creates so many hundreds of thousands of galaxies, As the psalmist said in another place, he placed the stars in the heavens and he calls them by name. Would even consider caring for and overseeing and bestowing all this kindness and love on humanity. No doubt in my mind that David's thoughts are on the Word of God that says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. Let's take a couple moments, if you'll just indulge me, and consider the magnitude of God's creation as it relates to the heavens and the works of God's hands. Let's first consider the earth in and of itself before we look at the heavens. This that I have up here before you right now is the globe which is made in the fashion as the earth is. It represents the earth. The earth is almost a perfect sphere. I don't think that happened from the Big Bang Theory. In fact, I know it didn't. In fact, here are the dimensions of the earth. If you already know these by heart, God bless you because I had to look them up. The diameter of the earth at the equator, equator, that is from one side to the other side in equal place, is 7,927 miles. The diameter through the poles this way, from the North Pole to the South Pole, is 7,900 miles. 27 miles difference between the distance this way and the distance this way, about from here to Bartow. That wasn't an accident. The circumference at the equator, that's from this point all the way around to this point, is 24,903 miles. The circumference at the poles, that's from this way all the way around the bottom. If you were to start at the North Pole and walk all the way around through the South Pole and back to the North Pole, you would have covered 24,860 miles. 
How big is our God? The area of the earth's surface, the whole thing where we stand on today, is 196,970,980 square miles. About three-fourths of the earth's surface, as you can see, is water. And God said, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth's axis is an imaginary line passing through the center from pole to pole. This axis in this globe is tipped at that axis. It's tipped at an incline of 23.5 degrees from perpendicular, and this slant is called the angle of inclination. This angle remains constantly the same. It never changes. The northern point of the axis, the North Pole, directed always to a fixed point in the sky near the polar star. The earth turns. Now this is where I want you to watch close. The earth turns or spins, if you will, upon its axis counterclockwise from west to east like this. Every, once every 23 hours, 56 minutes, 4.09 seconds. Every day, it never misses a beat. This is the motion that causes day and night. The speed of the rotation at any point upon the equator is at the rate of approximately 1,038 miles per hour. About as fast as my wife drives. 1,038 miles an hour, that baby's spinning, and it's spinning, and you're standing on it right now, and you can't even feel it. It decreases to zero at the poles. If you used to stand here on the North Pole, you wouldn't even feel it. wouldn't know it. As the Earth rotates upon its axis, spinning this way, at the same time, if I can hold on to this thing, at the same time it's doing this, it's revolving counterclockwise around the sun. This path in which the earth revolves around the sun is known as the earth's orbit. It is very nearly a perfect circle. The mean distance of the earth from the sun is 92,900,000 miles. And the distance varies about 3 million miles, forming a perfect circle. The revolution of the earth around the sun traverses a distance of 548 million miles 584 million miles in 365 days, 6 hours, 9 minutes, and 11 seconds, and it has done that since it was created. This means a distance of 18 miles per second. Now, I know we can't equate 16 miles per second, or 18 miles per second, but maybe you can understand a little bit better this way. It's moving 64,800 miles per hour around the sun while it's spinning 1,038 miles an hour this way. And you know that the motion around the sun causes the seasons. Now, when we stop to ponder and consider all of this technical information I have just thrown out there at you, it's no wonder that David could say, When I consider your heavens, 
the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars. We didn't talk about the moon and the stars. Which you have ordained, what is man that you were mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. I submit to you that God's intent for creating man has always been and always will be for the express purpose of fellowship, companionship, and to bestow on us all of His goodness and His grace. Amen. A God that could speak all of this business here into existence with the galaxies and the stars and the moon and sun, what other reason would He want humanity on earth for other than to bestow on us all of His grace and mercy? As well as to make you and I the object of His affection. It is God's great desire to be our provider. It is His great desire to show us His kindness. It is His great desire to come and make His dwelling within us. Consider this, if you will. After God created such a perfect earth, as well as all of the heavenlies, the cosmos, the stars, the moon, and all that is there, He placed man in dominion over all of it. He made everything that He created, with the exception of angels and Himself, subject to humanity, subject to man. I think it's extremely important for us to grasp and to understand that each and every human being is a special creation of God endowed with special gifts and abilities to perform what the Lord would have us do. Amen. It is up to each of us to do with what the Lord has created us to do. Only we can make the choice. If I could force people to do what the Lord's called them and designed them to do, I would probably do it, but I cannot. It's our choice. I submit to you that no human being born on this earth is an accident in the mind of God. That's just how big and magnificent our God is. There's not a human being born that He doesn't know about it, that He has not ordained it. You may have been an accident in the minds of your parents, but never in the mind of God. Amen. I am very well aware of, and I understand the warnings that the Apostle Paul, specifically as it relates to how we think of ourselves. In fact, here's what Paul had to say about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5-6. through 6. He said, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Understanding that our sufficiency is of God. God has chosen us to be stewards of this great gospel of the kingdom. I submit to you that it is no small thing that He has chosen us for such a task as this. Jesus Christ has chosen us to be His literal body in His physical absence. In light of God's magnificent power in creation, He does not intend for your life 
nor the life of the church he gave his life for to be mediocre. In fact, Jesus Christ wants us to be filled with His Spirit. He wants to make our body and our life His dwelling place. Regardless of whatever level you may be as to your belief and commitment to God, you are here today because the Holy Spirit has invited you to be here. Amen. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father, or no one comes to Him except the Father draws them. In light of God and His creative powers and the fact He is mindful of you and I, I am profoundly moved by the words that the Apostle Peter penned when he declared under the direction of the Holy Spirit, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, coming to him as to a living stone, talking about Jesus, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Watch this now. He said, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Amen. Oh, how often we forget just how magnificent and how awesome and how mighty the God is who has taken up residence within us. We pray oftentimes to seemingly the, look to Him oftentimes with seemingly the idea that God is off somewhere in a distance. And when all of the time this God that created all of this magnificence that makes this earth go clockwise every day, every day, never varies, never changes. There was only one time in the history of the universe that God stopped time in its tracks. You'll find that in the Bible. Can you imagine? Think about that, just how magnificent that God is, that this earth was spinning at the rate and speed that it was. And one day, by request, He told it to stand still. Because God's people needed more daylight. Well, you think that really happened? Oh, I know it did. If it's in the Bible, I promise you it happened. Yeah, one day, more daylight was needed. God's people requested it, and He just told the earth, Stop. 1,038 miles an hour. Pretty good breaks, huh? God said, Stand still. Well, that can't happen, preacher, because gravity would have got gone and everybody would have floated off. And... 
not with God. To further emphasize the value of humanity and creation, his relationship to God, Peter went on to say this a couple verses later. Verses 9 and 10 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Listen to me now. Peter writing to the church, which is applicable for today, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Listen to me, church. You're a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I'm glad one day he called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Let me close with these final thoughts. It is God's unending and undying love for his creation that makes it possible for you and I to be loved and to be known by Him. It is His love for you that makes Almighty God keenly aware of you and your life, lest you think at times He has forgotten. As well as what's going on in your life, He knows all the things that's taking place. He didn't wake up this morning and something that happened in your life yesterday surprised Him. Amen. As the songwriter so profoundly said, when He was on the cross, I was on His mind. And it doesn't end there. And when we remain at the forefront of and we remain at the forefront of God's mind, God in all of his magnificence still has you and I on his mind this very moment. In fact, there is nothing in your life that goes unnoticed. If you're here today and you've not experienced God in new birth or you're listening to this sermon via one of our media outlets, I invite you to commit your life to Him. Child of God, if you're here today and you're thinking perhaps uh, maybe God has forgotten about me. I don't really amount to much and some days He seems so distant and far away. Let me remind you, let me assure you that you are at the forefront of His thoughts and intentions today and each and every day. For in Him there is no wavering and no variableness and no shadow of turning. The psalmist said in the 147th Psalm, as you stand, and Brother David makes his way forward, I talk about the earth and give you some specifics, how that God created it, how that it functions. and To me, it's just mind-boggling. And then I think beyond that, and I think of the cosmos and the galaxies and all. Now they're discovering new things in the heavens after all of these years. They're discovering there's galaxies beyond galaxies and there's planets beyond planets. And 
All of that is the handiwork of God. Because the psalmist said, He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. I am of the opinion that if the God that can do all of that has taken up residence in me through the presence of His Holy Spirit, how awesome, how magnificent. So let me encourage you today to know that He was mindful of you and I, of humanity, because He wanted to bestow on us His affection, His love, His kindness, His goodness, and His mercy. Oh, we didn't deserve it. That's for sure. But He has bestowed it upon us. As we worship for a moment, would you just stop and think and let the Spirit quicken your mind to the realization that the God who lives and abides within you is able, as Paul said, to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. Amen. Remember that. Keep it in your mind. Let's worship Brother Dave.